ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to, well, welcome back to Duty Honor Country here on AM590, The Answer. I'm Tom Freeman, your host, and I want to thank our last week's guest host, former Army Specialist Dennis Enrique Gutierrez, for hosting the show. And yes, he's correct. I make a wicked peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I want to thank Dennis for sitting in and congratulate him, by the way, on joining the staff of Riverside County 5th District Supervisor Mary Nashley. If you have a great memory, you will know that Dennis also worked the Sheriff's Department at Riverside County, used to be on my staff there. And before that, he worked in the county jails before becoming a deputy sheriff as a correctional deputy and a clerical staff member and a junior banker and a restaurateur in his grandma's restaurant in Los Angeles and also a United States Army service member. So we thank Dennis for his service and pinch hitting for us. And folks, we got some great news. And when I say great news, uh, anytime the Department of Defense gives you new equipment and this state at a local military base, it's time to celebrate. And so we want to remind everyone that we will be the home to the MQ-9 Reaper. And before this became the MQ-9 Reaper, it was also named the Predator B. So what's happening is the Predator is being replaced and we're getting the Reaper. And these things are made by General Atomics down in the San Diego County area. So we're happy for them. More unmanned aerial vehicles capable of remote control or autonomous flight operations, of course, developed by General Atomics Aeronautical Systems, primarily for the United States Air Force. UAVs are also referred to as drones, the MQ-9, and other UAVs are referred to as remotely piloted vehicles by the U.S. Air Force to indicate they're human ground controllers. The MQ-9 is the first hunter-killer UAV designed for long-endurance, high-altitude surveillance. And folks, you heard a bunch of factory gibberish there about the capabilities of the Reaper. Let's give you the the technical aspects of this thing. The cost. There will be 104 built at a cost of $11.8 billion. The cost per copy is $16.9 million. And that was in a 2013 figure. They were first introduced in 2007. They're currently in service by the United States Air Force, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the Royal Air Force, and the Italian Air Force. All of those people are friends of ours. And so they're using this awesome vehicle. The Reaper is a larger, heavier, and more capable aircraft than the earlier MQ-1 Predator. Now, who uses the Predator now? That is assigned to the 163rd over at March. It is also a schoolhouse. That's where people go to learn how to operate and perform Predator missions. They're part of the California Military Department under Major General David Baldwin and are an Air National Guard unit assigned to the 163rd with approximately 950 personnel under the command of Colonel Dana Hoshheimer. He is really excited about this aircraft. In fact, they had a special introduction 
to a distinguished group of Riverside County leaders just a few days ago, and this was the first time for them to see their very first $16.9 million MQ-9 Reaper. Now, getting this thing took a lot of work, and that work begins in Sacramento with our National Guard leadership, and that is Major General Dave Baldwin and his team, letting Washington know, letting the National Guard Bureau know, letting the National Guard Association of the United States, working through the Adjutant General's Association, that we wanted to be a replacement candidate as our aircraft were timing out and becoming more obsolete. The Predator needed to be replaced. We wanted to be an MQ-9 Reaper owner in California. So, next move, engage our congressman. And it begins with Congressman Ken Calvert, who faithfully represented March Air Reserve Base for a long time. And then, two years ago, we get a new member, after redistricting, Mark Takano. And Mark Takano and Ken Calvert and others have worked hard to make sure we got the MQ-9 Reaper mission assigned here. And folks, what's important about that is there was talk about making the Air National Guard in California the last unit to get the new Reaper, which makes no sense. If you're the schoolhouse, why would you be flying or remotely piloting, rather, a vehicle that's obsolete as you're teaching people to use this new system, including Air Force personnel, Air Guard personnel, Air Force Reserve personnel, Customs and Border Protection, even internationals. You're trying to help everybody. And the larger, heavier, and more capable aircraft is is definitely needed. The MQ-1 Predator uh, really performed well. You see its handiwork throughout Iraq and Afghanistan. It's currently used today. We've also used it in firefighting missions here in California, so it has a state application. We're just lucky to have it. Now, the Reaper has a 950-shaft horsepower turboprop engine, which is far more powerful than the Predator's 115 horse. I'd say that there's a big difference between 950 horse and 115. That's huge. So we know that they wanted to make this aircraft faster. Now, there's got to be reasons why they wanted to do that. One of them is the payload allows the Reaper, get this folks, to carry 15 times more ordnance payload. Ordnance for you Navy personnel means bombs. And we have been able to get a multiplier of 15 with increasing this horsepower. And cruise at almost three times the speed of the MQ-1. So faster, more capable, 15 times the armament ordnance. That's an awesome platform. The aircraft is monitored and controlled by an aircrew in the ground control station, GCS, including weapons employment. And what is cool about that, folks, is we've had this program in place, and I believe in 2008, the New York Air National Guard, the 174th Fighter Wing, began the transition from the F-16 piloted fighters to the MQ-9 Reapers, becoming the first fighter squadron conversion to the all-unmanned combat air vehicle, the UCAV, as it's best known, the UCAV, attack squadron. In March 2011, 
The U.S. Air Force was training more pilots for advanced unmanned aerial vehicles than any other single weapon system. The Reaper is also used by the Navy, the CIA, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and NASA, folks. So, we've got this great asset. That means the 163rd and those 950 jobs that we desperately want to keep here to make our country safer, to make our state safer, are going to stay here. So, our compliments go out to Major General David Baldwin, the Adjutant General of the California National Guard. Our thanks go out to Congressman Ken Calvert, who started working with the Guard years ago on this program, and to first-term Congressman Mark Ticano and his team for their effort in making this a reality. Now, this March Air Reserve Base has been relocated into a new congressional district. That's how Congressman Ticano uh, comes on board, and he immediately engaged in this area and has uh, really been doing a great job. He's putting his money where his mouth is, folks. He's hiring veterans in his office. He's doing all the right things for the district. So we salute Mark. We don't agree with him on everything, but he's a rock-solid supporter of our veterans and our military, so we thank him for that support. Now, here's more news. The former chief of staff of the Air Force, Michael Mosley said that, quote, we've moved from using UAVs primarily in intel, surveillance, and reconnaissance roles before Operation Iraqi Freedom to a true hunter-killer role with a Reaper. This is a pretty awesome deal. And I, I have to say, when you know that NOAA, which is the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, and NASA are using these, there's more than just a wartime application here. It's an important asset for our state, for our counties, our cities. And here we are revving up for fire season again. And we've been fortunate in some areas of the state not to be as impacted as we usually are, but the fires will be upon us. And rest assured that the Raptor will be here and it will be on duty and it will be thanks to the men and women of the California Military Department, Air National Guard, 163rd and March Air Reserve Base, that we have these new Reapers about to replace the Predators. And, and nobody can argue with the sets of the MQ-1 in combat. General Atomics anticipated the Air Force desired for an upgraded aircraft and using its own funds. This is unique, folks. Using its own money set about redesigning the Predator drone for increased ability. And I think that was a brilliant stroke. And a lot of times defense contractors are attacked, not on this station, not by this host, but they're attacked for overspending and costing taxpayers millions and millions and millions of dollars. We ought to congratulate General Atomics for stepping up, funding the research and development of this entire aircraft by themselves, and then selling it to the United States Air Force. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned for Duty on Our Country. I'm Tom Freeman, your host. Stay tuned right here to AM590, The Answer. And don't forget, we're here serving you. Well, 
Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to AM590 and Duty on Our Country. I'm Tom Freeman, your host for this fantastic show here on AM590, The Answer. we got to thank Dan, our executive producer and producer and director and executive director. And we want to thank Brad Anderson for making this show possible for almost a decade now. He's list us to have this time and... We've had lots of different sponsors, and Brad's always let us be here to support our military. And, folks, uh, the reason we were brought in by the Gary Owen from the 7th Cavalry Regiment, Regimental Music, is because on September 11th, 2014, I'm very pleased to share with the public who listens to this powerhouse, AM590, The Answer, that on September 11th, 2014, 13 years after the terrorist attacks, in New York, Shanksville, and in Washington, D.C., that we will be commemorating the lives lost on 9-11-2001 and those who have lost their lives in the armed forces since the global war on terror at the Riverside County Administrative Center at 4080 Lemon Street at 7 p.m. We're going to have the Cal Baptist University Band playing patriotic music amongst those musical renditions and patriotic songs will be the Gary Owen. So that's what brought us in today. And that is a Calvary song uh, popularized by the 7th Calvary Regiment that rode to uh, great uh, embarrassment and great defeat at the Battle of the Little Bighorn. But it's a long-standing tune that the 7th uh, Calvary which is still active and was in the Middle East, uh, still uses as their regimental music. So that'll be among the many, many patriotic songs uh, performed by the California Baptist Orchestra and Band, actually called a concert band, since I'm not looking at notes and trying to remember it. Uh, But it's free at the Riverside County Administrative Center at 7 p.m. We'll be honoring our police officers, firefighters, our victims, and let's not forget at the conclusion of the ceremony, there will be a live fire exercise, three volleys, 21-gun salute being fired to remember the military personnel who've given their lives in service to our country. That will be provided by the Memorial Honor Detail, California National Guard, out of Riverside National Cemetery, and we're looking forward to that day to remember 13 years ago, is a long time. Many of the people that could be attending this event weren't even born when 9-11 attacks occurred. So a vivid picture will be painted for you of the events of that day, and we will celebrate the lives of those lost and celebrate their service and sacrifice they made while in the towers in New York City, went on an aircraft that plummeted to the ground in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and at the Pentagon, and in that aircraft that struck the Pentagon building. So, folks, please join the Riverside County Board of Supervisors, our friends Security Bank of California, and myself as we honor America and remember all the casualties around the world that occurred in that day as so many internationals were in the World Trade Center. So, folks, please join us. If you want more information, you can call my office Ask for Amanda Sidlowski, 951-955-9812. And we'll make sure you have a ticket to get in. Thank you for listening, and don't forget... 
patriotic tribute, September 11, 2014, 7 p.m., California Baptist University, performing at the Riverside County Administrative Center Board of Supervisors Chambers at 7 p.m. sharp. So, folks, what we were talking about was the good news that the United States Air Force had decided to award the Predator mission to our friends in the 163rd, part of the California Military Department, California National Guard, Air Guard Unit, 163rd, assigned to march. And I, we're all excited about that. It means new jobs. It means saving the jobs that we've got. And let's kind of go back and think about the prototype. General Dynamics began the development of the Reaper with the Predator B-001, which was a proof-of-concept aircraft, which first flew in 2001. So we're talking about something that was developed 13 years ago. The B-001 was powered by an Allied Signal Garrett Air Research TPE 331-10T turboprop engine. That's a lot of nomenclature. We should get an award for being able to get that. Now, with 950 shaft horsepower, it also had an airframe that was based on the standard Predator airframe at the time, except with an enlarged fuselage and wings lengthened from 48 feet to 66 feet. So the B-001 had a speed of 220 knots, and could carry a payload of 750 pounds to 50,000 feet. And, you know, being at 50,000 feet, you can reconnoiter. It's cheaper to operate the aircraft, and you can still do your job from 50,000 feet and oftentimes avoid uh, some types of surface-to-air missiles, and certainly RPGs aren't going to hit you at 50,000 feet. The company refined the design, taking it to two separate directions. The first was jet-powered version, the Predator B-002, which was fitted with a Williams FJ44 2AB turbofan engine. Another long list of nomenclature. Had a lot of thrust. It had a payload capacity of 475 pounds. You could fly up to 60,000 feet with this baby and in had an endurance of 12 hours. So, of course, U.S. Air Force ordered two airframes for evaluation, delivered in 2007. The first two airframes delivered with prototypes Wow. Uh, We're originally equipped with the FJ-44 engine, but it was removed, and a new TPE-331-10T was installed so that the U.S. Air Force could take delivery of the two aircraft in the same configuration. The second direction the design took was the Predator B, referred to as GA, as the Altar, which was a new airframe with an 84-foot wingspan and a 7,000-pound payload. Like the Predator, it's powered by the same type of turboprop engine. The variant was a payload capacity of 3,000 pounds, maximum ceiling 52,000 feet, and it can fly for 36 hours. So look at the time. We used to be able to get 12 hours out of the Predator. Now we're at 36 times, three times the, the amount of time that that aircraft that unmanned aircraft can be doing its job for the United States and our allies and protecting our troops. And this is something that has really become very relied upon by ground forces. And one of the big arguments the Army and the Air Force have with each other is who is doing the close air support? What is happening to the the A-10? I almost said the OV-10A Bronco, but that's long been gone. The A-10 
Of course, the Air Force wants to get rid of it. The Air Force has never liked the A-10. It doesn't like the close air support mission. The close air support mission means you go slow and you stay low and you protect troops on the ground. Now we have an airframe in either the Reaper or the Predator that can do just that. It's not going to replace the A-10s. I believe Congress is going to let the A-10s stay around for a little longer. There's been a big fight about that in Washington. The Air Force wants to scrap them. The Guard and Reserve wants to keep them. Looks like the Air Guard and the Air Force Reserve are going to win for one or maybe two years. Because, as usual, the Air Force decides we're going to scrap something. They don't have anything to replace it. So, And then when they do, they say, oh, we have this new fancy fighter that costs a zillion dollars to build, and we're going to replace it with that. But, oh, by the way, we're not getting those Air Guard and Reserve units that are already filled with people, already stood up, already ready to go. They're not going to give them anything to do the job. So instead of scrap it, how about this? Do something brilliant. Let them continue using the aircraft. The Army wants it. They're the ones fighting the war on the ground. Let that happen until you have replacements. And once you identified replacements, give them to the Guard and Reserve units. And matter of fact, that is which uh, will be the biggest branch of the service, will be the Guard and Reserve by the time President Obama and his administration finish whittling down the armed forces. So good thing to have in the United States Air Force, Air Guard, and Reserve is the A-10. But this Predator is probably capable of supplanting that mission. But here we go back. The Air Force in 2001 signed a contract to purchase the initial pair of the Predator Bs for evaluation. The follow-up orders actually meant that they would be producing those same aircraft. The operators stationed at bases such as Crease Air Force Base near Las Vegas can hunt for targets and observe terrain using a number of sensors, including a thermal camera. One estimate has the onboard camera able to read a license plate from two miles away. Now, folks, these systems allow us to give, well, an enema at Mach 2 speed to the bad guys. And I'm telling you, this is something that we desperately need. You want to reduce U.S. casualties? You want to reduce the amount of aircraft and air crews put at risk? The Predator is a great system. Now, nobody's advocating that the Air Force eliminate pilots and high-placed airplanes and replace them all with drones. But these are proving to be absolutely awesome tools to provide close air support, ground support for troops, and be very tactical and very lethal. So we'll have to continue watching to see whether or not we can and do get more Reapers and see less manned aircraft. I don't know where that's going, but these things are proving very valuable. The main point here for us to celebrate is March Air Reserve Base got these aircraft at the Air Guard unit, and we're really happy for them. And it means jobs. And folks, you got to stay tuned here to AM590 The Answer and listen to Duty on Our Country every Sunday from 5 to 6 p.m. I'm Tom Freeman, your host. We're going to be right back here on Duty on Our Country in just a few minutes as we got to go to commercial breaks now under the direction of our executive producer, Dan the Man. That's it for now. I'm Tom Freeman. We'll be right back after these commercial messages.
Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to AM590, The Answer. I'm Tom Freeman, your host for Duty on Our Country, and we have been talking about the Raptor and the Reaper, and congratulations to March 163rd, the California Air Guard, the California Military Department, Major General Dave Baldwin, Ken Calvert, our congressman, and Mark Decano, our congressman, thanks for everything you did to make this a reality. We're really excited and folks, if you didn't hear me a while ago, don't forget September 11th is right around the corner. On September 11th, 2014, we will mark 13 years since the terrorist attacks and what launched our global war on terror. We're really fortunate to have the California Baptist University Concert Band in tuxedos with bow ties for you folks that really want to see people perform under pressure. They're going to be at the Riverside County Board of Supervisors Chambers on 4080 Lemon Street in Riverside at 7 p.m., playing till 8. Be playing all kinds of patriotic music. A little after 8, 21 Gun Salute by the Memorial Honor Detail, Riverside National Cemetery, California National Guard. They will be out there firing a 21 Gun Salute. Uh, County buildings in downtown will be draped with gigantic American flags. Patriotism will be the order of the day. So if you want to go to that event, please call my assistant, Amanda Sidlowski, 951-955-9812. Let her know you want to go. Seats are limited, so I encourage you to call Amanda and ask her for a seat or two for your family. So we want to see you there. We honor veterans. We honor our law enforcement. We honor our firefighters and those who lost lives on 9-11, especially our military. Folks, we've been talking about good news for March Air Reserve Base. March is a major player in our economy. We've got to keep an eye on what is happening at March and what's good and what's right for March. Here's another area that we're looking at right now. We are in the running for the KC-46. The KC-46 is a new air tanker, better known in the business as a gas passer. Now, these guys and ladies that fly these aircraft, highly qualified, highly skilled. We need this aircraft. But as America pivots to the Pacific, which is President Obama's new plan, as we back out of activities in Iraq and Afghanistan and begin to, quote, cease hostilities there and defense and defending freedom, we're going to be pivoting to the Pacific. And that's the exact name of President Obama's plan. Pivot to the Pacific. Well, here's a part of this KC-46 tanker debate that's going on. Boeing offers the next-generation KC-46 tanker and wins in U.S. competition. Boeing is building the final KC-46A test aircraft. Boeing is going to start releasing aircraft to the Air Force, the Air Force Reserve, and the Air Guard. But the United States Air Force right now is in the middle of a competition for screening where these tankers are going to go. March Air Reserve Base and its 452nd Wing, under the command of Russ Muncie, is the spot that the Air Force should choose. And why? Because, folks, with President Obama's pivot to the Pacific plan, that means we're going to need more West Coast-based tankers, more than ever before, more fuel more missions, more hours. What better aircraft at what better base than March Air Reserve Base to be the host of this? Now, to get technical, 
we're in what they call mob three. So there have been decisions already made about the aircraft as they roll off the line where they're going. We're in the mob three group competing with other places like Travis Air Force Base in Northern California. We believe we are best positioned. Now, for some reason, March Air Reserve Voice is not selected. We're perfectly able of recovering from terrible news like that if we're able to get the aircraft at Travis. That'd be our second choice. March 1st, Travis 2nd. We want to keep the jobs in the state. What we do to facilitate that is extremely important in the community. The community must show its support for March Air Reserve Base. It's not about just an air show every other year, folks. March Air Reserve Base has been in our community going on 98 years. Two years from now, we'll celebrate 100 years of that base being here. That's almost as old as our executive producer, Dan Gilchrist. Now, that was supposed to be funny, but he didn't hit the applause button. He's eating his carrots or something healthy in there. But the 46 is what we need, multi-role tanker that promises to revolutionize the air mobility mission. It can refuel all U.S. allied and coalition military aircraft compatible with international aerial refueling procedures anytime on any mission and can carry passengers, cargo, and patients whenever and wherever needed. The ability to detect, avoid, defeat, and survive threats using multiple layers of protection will allow the KC-46 to operate safely in medium threat environments with unmatched operational flexibility. The KC-46 is a mobility game changer. Of course, that message brought to you by Boeing <laughs> it's a great message because, you know, folks, we're flying aircraft, KC-135s, in refueling missions, putting our crews in those antiquated jalopies. Those planes were built in the late 50s and 60s, and they're constantly upgraded. But how many of you out there are driving a car to work every day that was built in 1959 or, de- or designed in 1949? Please raise your hands. Oh, I see none. So, folks, what is the difference between a car and an airplane? Okay, I know. One flies, one drives. No, cars and aircraft made out of metal and aluminum and composites all get old. It's time to replace an aging fleet of tankers. These people are extremely important to our missions. And without tankers, we can't extend the U.S. Air Force around the globe to protect our airspace. So the KC-46A tanker comes along at a perfect time because what are young men and women, people 21 to 25, when they go through flight school, are coming out into these guard, active, and reserve units and flying a 1959. It might might as well be a Studebaker because it's that old. And, of course, they've been upgraded, like I said. but They need to be replaced. A new generation of capability is needed. This is a proven platform. The KC-46A is based on a commercial 767 with more than 1,000 767s built to date. It's proven itself as a commercial airliner, freighter, and tanker already in service. 
It delivers more. KC-46 delivers more fuel at all ranges and from shorter runways, three times more cargo pallets, up to twice as many passengers, and over 30% more aeromedical evacuation patients than the KC-135 that it is replacing. And let me say, I want to thank the KC-135 crews that I've flown with over the years. These are awesome aviators, and they do a great job flying that old Studebaker wherever and whenever it needs to go. The boom operators are awesome. But we're talking new technology, folks. But it's proven technology. It's an adapting the 767, which some of us have flown on, and making it into an awesome tanker. Survivability is important if we're sending our men and women into harm's way flying these aircraft. They're getting new, robust defensive systems and cockpit armor protection, which makes the KC-46A crew survivability just that much better. And you never know. They may have a few countermeasures that they're not telling us that they have, but at least we're taking care of our air crew. Superior situational awareness. That's what Dan has, folks. That's like when he sees a little warning light come up on his dashboard in the studio. He knows that through his superior situational awareness, we have one minute left before we have to make a commercial. So in an aircraft, the Boeing 787-15 displays allow the KC-46 pilots to quickly optimize flight parameters for critical decision-making and mission success. And you know what? If you're ever getting gas from one of these aircraft and you're sitting through the sequence, they're actually improving refueling capability. The KC-46A's ability to refuel all fixed-wing receiver aircraft anytime on every mission, including simultaneous multipoint refueling, is enabled by an advanced designed fly-by-wire boom-based, fly-by-wire boom-based on the proven KC-10 boom and the 21st century centerline and wing-mounted hose and drone systems. This is an awesome aircraft. This is what we need. Folks, if you are listening and you care about the 452nd wing and it's 3,000 people and it's 3,000 jobs and you want them to stay in business in California, pick up your phone, send a fax, send an email to your congressman. Contact Ken Calvert, contact Raul Ruiz, contact Mark Decano, Duncan Hunter. These are your congressmen in the county of Riverside. Reach out to Congressman Paul Cook, an awesome, awesome individual, um, Congresswoman Negretti McLeod. These folks represent us, Congressman Miller. Let them know that you support the KC-46A tanker basing in Mob 3 for March Air Reserve Base and with the 452nd. Let's keep those jobs at the 452nd here in the Inland Empire. And don't forget this, folks. Our pilots don't always, and our air crew members and our maintenance people, they don't always live in Riverside. They live in Orange County. They live in L.A. County, San Diego County. And they come in to fly these aircraft. So this aircraft has statewide impact, and so does the basing edition. So stay tuned. Right here to AM590, The Answer. You're listening to Duty on Our Country. I'm Tom Freeman, your host. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know. 
Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the final segment of Duty, Honor, Country, right here on AM 590, The Answer. I'm Tom Freeman, your host, and we've been talking about some great news for the California Military Department, its Air National Guard, and the 163rd Wing at March Air Reserve Base in getting the new Reaper drone mission. And we're talking about the probabilities and the value of the 452nd Wing with its 3,000 employees, service members dedicated to national security, national defense, and helping us in times of emergency in this state under the command of Colonel Russ Muncy. We're talking about the good decision about locating these new KC-46A tankers right here in the Inland Empire to serve in President Obama's pivot to the Pacific Plan in which we stand down in Iraq and Afghanistan, shift our attention to the Pacific, and we must robust and build upon our current assets. And when that happens, there'll be more need for tankers. What better place to get them from than March Air Reserve Base right here and the 452nd Wing, who's competing in what we call Mob 3 of the selection process of getting these tankers. So, folks, this is not just a military decision. There is also eyes of Washington watching what the Air Force will do on this one. So we make sure that you engage and you contact your congressman and our two U.S. senators and let them know that you want those aircraft assigned where they make the best use, and that is March Air Reserve Base and with the 452nd Wing under the command of Colonel Russ Muncie. I have to tell you, when we're looking at the KC-46, you know, operating economics play a key role on everything we do today. Today, when you buy a car, most of us look at what the miles per gallon are. Even some of us are buying electric vehicles. I know my wife and I own one. It's a golf cart, so it was inexpensive. But today, I was looking as part of my job as a foreign trade commissioner, I was looking at electrical vehicles that start at a price of $9,000. And they're street legal for short trips. They're not golf carts, but they're not freeway legal either. So if you're just driving around town, a brand new vehicle with a two-year full bumper-to-bumper warranty for $9,000, you're probably pretty interested if you're just putting around town. You plug it in on 110 power, you don't need 220. Pretty cool thing. But we're always looking for fuel economy. And the KC-46, of course, is based on the most fuel-efficient commercial airplane in its wide-body class. And fuel efficiency saves taxpayers money. And make no mistake, folks, we all admit that we love the Defense Department. It costs money to operate. Yes, and I will say, it costs 15% of the entire federal budget. That's a lot of money. But look at what public safety costs you in the city or the county. It's 70% of the city or county budget, give or take a percent or two, 70%. So when you compare law enforcement and fire protection to national defense, national defense is a steal at just 15% of the U.S. budget. But getting aircraft that are cheaper to fly is important. Lower cost means also that the efficient design saves the Air Force hundreds of millions of dollars through lower maintenance, depot, and repair costs. And then, you know, folks, a new airplane is like a brand new car. It has a warranty. And, I mean, most people don't think about that. But if you buy a boat, it's got a warranty. 
something breaks, they got to come out and fix it. Same with this. Boeing is an awesome company. They do great work. We have Boeing suppliers in the Inland Empire. We're really excited about that. So we want to see Boeing continue to build these aircraft and grow. Uh, higher utilization. On board the KC-46 aircraft, health diagnostic systems provide real-time health monitoring and improve operational availability and mission capability. So it's monitoring itself to make sure that everything's okay. And when it isn't, it reports it and they can immediately tackle it and repair it. Superior dispatch reliability, 99% dispatch reliability means greater mission effectiveness, folks, for the KC-46A and an unprecedented availability to meet more mission requirements with fewer tankers. This is all great stuff for the 452nd and the Air Force. There's 3,000 people in the 452nd, folks. They don't get a lot of credit or a lot of attention. They have pushed through the 452nd over at March Air Reserve Base here in Southern California, some 300,000 Marines out to fight in combat through March. You don't think March is important? Then you're clueless because it has a major role in getting Marines into theater and into combat. And think about it, folks. The Marines don't have 300,000 members. So that means a lot of Marines have gone through there. Almost every Marine authorized to be in uniform has probably flown in and out of March Air Reserve Base. And, of course, superior aircraft like the KC-46A tanker are needed. And you know what? This is also something that I think Boeing can do that not everybody can do. And remember, originally when they were going to replace this airplane, we had people on the show that were Europeans that had won this competition to build the new tanker, and we all had a fit about that, although we liked the company. We thought, you know, this should be an American aircraft, American people making it, and American suppliers bringing in parts and components. But with Boeing, you get a proven global support network around the clock, around the world for the KC-46, underpinned by a fleet of more than 1,000 767s flying for over 70 airlines worldwide. So if one of those aircraft does have a problem, it sets down at an airport somewhere and can get serviced and helped. And we can't do that with everything the Air Force, the Air Guard, the Air Force Reserve, Naval Aviation, Marine Aviation, Army Aviation. You can't just do that because there just aren't parts for some of it. This is Boeing designed and built, building the KC-46 tanker with the world's most skilled and experienced workforce, the most advanced manufacturing and production processes, a new lean production line set up to produce new tankers faster and more efficiently than ever before. Look at these milestones that have already been achieved. The first test aircraft left the factory in 2014. The KC-46A tanker first flight is scheduled for 2015. First delivery to the Air Force, 2016. A total of 179 tankers by 2027. Think a brand new aircraft and look at all the jobs we keep in the aerospace industry. And aerospace industry job folks pay living wages and better than that. So these are the kind of high-tech jobs we needed. I'm going to do you all a favor. I don't do this very often, but if you want to talk to anybody about this aircraft, there's two guys. Jerry Drelling, he's the KC-46A communications guy. Jerry's 
available at 425-266-4924. That's 425-266-4924. His name is Jerry Drelling. Or you can talk to James Eisenhardt. He's director of the U.S. Air Force Mobility Business Development. And he is also with Boeing. He's at 253-657-5191. And folks, it's important that these guys know that you care and that you're interested in learning about Boeing's KC-46A tanker. And if you really don't have anything to do tonight and you want to go home, go to Google or whatever your favorite search engine is and look up the KC-46 tanker competition. And you'll see where the Air Force is already making basing decisions for this aircraft, okay? And you'll see that we are in competition. And don't forget, Boeing uh, produces a lot of aircraft, the C-17 Globemaster III, the CH-47D and F Chinook, the KC-46A Tanker, the Osprey, the V-22, all kinds of great aircraft have carried American fighting men and women into combat and into combat support roles for a long, long time. And take a look at what Boeing is doing and follow this competition just by going online, like I said, to your favorite search engine. You're going to find out that Boeing is doing more than just supporting the United States Air Force, the Air Guard, the Reserve, the Navy, Marine Corps. You know, we just learned in June that Boeing formerly offered to the Republic of Korea, better known to us as the Rock. The KC-46, the U.S. Air Force's next-generation tanker, as Korea prepares to acquire four aircraft for its first tanker squadron. So that's pretty exciting. Boeing has made the offer. We're waiting on the Koreans to respond. But wouldn't it be great if Boeing sells those aircraft and their systems to our allies in South Korea? The South Koreans, of course, are flying U.S. Air Force-type aircraft. The uh, Air Force has always let them purchase, and the United States, by policy, has allowed our allies around the world to purchase some of the greatest performance aircraft and support aircraft ever produced. And so this is exciting. So, folks, please pay attention to this KC-46A debate. Follow it. Watch it. And as always, if you're interested in information, you can also contact March Air Reserve Base, Colonel Russ Muntz. He's a great public speaker. He'd probably want to come out and talk about it. I want to also remind you before we go here that on 11 September 2014, the 13th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, the Riverside County Supervisors, the County Executive Officer Jay Orr, myself, and everyone is invited to listen to the California Baptist University Concert Band at 7 p.m. at our County Administrative Center. 4080 Lemon Street, as we remember patriotically uh, with patriotic music and special events and a 21-gun salute, all those who perished on 11 September 2001 and also those that lost their lives after that in the War on Terror. I'm Tom Freeman, your host for Duty, Honor, Country, and I will be back with you next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's show talking about the Reaper, the Raptor, and the K-46A out here.